0: Thanks for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Green Room app and find one of our locked on rooms. On today's Locked On Yankees, we have quotes from Brian Cashman about Yankee fans and how the Yankees operate. And I'll share my thoughts about what he said. We have injury updates in October, and the ALCS had some controversy. And the NLCS had some exciting clutch hits. We'll talk about everything up next. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is Stacey Gotsoulias, the host of Locked on Yankees. Welcome to the show. It is Wednesday, October 20th. Baseball is very busy right now. Um, Before we get into it, you can listen to Locked on Yankees in Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey. You can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. You can watch us on YouTube. We're all over the place. We're worldwide, people. And I... Oof. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. I'm going to get right into it, really, because I'm going to skip through all the pleasantries, I guess you can say. Um, Brian Cashman had some things to say about Yankee fans. Basically calling everyone spoiled, saying they don't know what they're talking about with regards to how the Yankees operate and salaries and luxury tax. And I just found it amusing. I feel like he's being a bit defensive, which is understandable because people are sick and tired of the excuses that the Yankees ownership makes every time they don't make it far in the playoffs. And as I mentioned on yesterday's show, 2018, they were eliminated in the division series. 2019, they made it to the ALCS. 2020, eliminated in the division series. This year, eliminated in the wildcard game. So they're getting worse. They're not getting better. And Yankee fans, you know, as bratty as we are, as entitled as we are, I'll admit it, (laughs) we want to see more. You're the Yankees. You have all this money to spend. And... You know, he had some really silly things to say about the Dodgers and their spending, calling them a unicorn as if the Yankees can't spend just like the Dodgers. And it's not like they're not spending. They're spending a lot of money on Garrett Cole. It's just they're not spending in the right spots. You know, they're hamstrung by Aaron Hicks, never playing and being owed. Was he owed 40 million something to that effect? Luis Severino barely playing, them re-signing him. That was a disaster. And they're just not making smart decisions with their money. But they're also acting as if they can't spend the money. I don't know what they're doing. I really, I just, I don't. And we're 23 years into Brian Cashman, okay? So 98, 99, 2000, 2009. They're the championships, The Red Sox are in the ALCS again. They most recently won in 2018. They won in 2013. They won in 2007. They won in 2004. The Yankees have won one World Series since then. And since the last time the Yankees won and appeared in a World Series, because that's the last time they did both, they haven't even appeared in a World Series since 2009. The Red Sox have won twice. So... Yankees have to do something. And Bryant Cashman, I get why he's defensive, but he should expect it. And I don't think he should insult Yankee fans while he's doing that. Um, I I don't get it. But he said, (laughs) that's what he said in a Zoom call. He pushed back at the idea that the Yankees' ownership isn't all in on trying to win because the team once again stayed below the luxury tax. But they're not showing me that they're all in. They're not acting as if they're all in. You lost in the wildcard game. You're not trying to really improve the team. You're doing stopgap stuff. And how much do you want to bet? The Yankees need a shortstop this season and they're going to make every excuse in the book to not pick up Corey Seager or Carlos Correa because those two guys are free agents and they're going to do some sort of patchwork infield again because they don't want to spend the money on anyone. I'm almost willing to bet my hair, but not quite. But Cashman on a Zoom call said, I hate to say it, but how dare anybody when somebody commits the amount of money to import Garrett Cole and to import Stanton say that they're not all in on winning. Then, as I said, the Dodgers went above the two, two, sorry $210 million competitive balance tax. They spent $267 million, according to SportTrack, okay? That's way over $210. And Cashman said of the Dodgers, they might be a unicorn. This is why Yankee fans are annoyed. You're the Yankees. (laughs) You're the Yankees. Stop. Do what you did in 2008, okay? Make everyone get angry at you for buying all the free agents like you did in 2008. Who cares about the luxury tax? People are back at the stadium. They're coming to see your half-assed product. I mean, let's be real. And just spend the money. Do it already. If I swear, if they don't sign someone to play shortstop, I'm gonna be so angry. Okay, it is clear that Glaber Torres is better at second. Keep him there. Okay, he was fine at second base. Then they decided, oh well, Didi's gone. We'll put, we'll just plug in Glaber there because he was a shortstop. He wasn't that great at shortstop, so why would you do that to him? This is why I know they're not all about winning. They say they are, but they're not. Because if they were all about winning, they would have done things completely different this year. Not that they're content to lose to the rival, to their biggest rival in the wild card game. And I know that upset Cashman, but I feel like Hal was just like, ho-hum, oh, oh well, he's making money. What the hell does he care? <laughs> That's what bothers me about the Yankees. The Yankees need to be like the Dodgers. The Yankees need to be like the Padres. The Padres didn't finish as, um, as good as they thought they were going to finish. They did a lot of stuff in the offseason to get guys and they just had, you know, injury issues and it just didn't work out the way it should. But a lot of people were looking at the Padres before the season began and thought, wow, the Padres are doing what other teams should do. They're going out and getting people. That's what the Yankees need to do. I just I can't with Brian Cashman anymore. I really can't. His his grace period is way over now. Okay, as I said. He's been here since 1998. And all of the championships that were won, 98, 99, and 2000, were really because of Bob Watson and Stick Michael and all the guys who did the stuff while George (laughs) was suspended. So Cashman's real championship was the one he bought in 2009. And if the Yankees can't develop people, then buy them. Just be the Yankees. Be the evil empire that everyone claims you are. Just do it. Go into that role. Do it. That's what Yankee fans want. Thank you. I don't even know how to segue into this, but this episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about the Yankees and baseball. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you in Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Lockdown hosts across the NBA MLB and NHL. Sorry, my brain just stopped. I'll be joining the app soon, so be sure to get started and I'll meet you there. Go download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. That includes iPads. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter account, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms. Javi from Locked On Padres likes to have rooms, and he's a lot of fun to talk to. I can't wait to join you all on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Locked On Yankees room is live. Download green room today green room changing the way we talk sports thanks again for making locked on yankees your first listen every day we're free and available on all platforms so enough about me bitching about uh brian cashman and his silly comments now let's talk about the other yankee news that's going on um DJ LeMahieu had surgery back on the 12th to fix that sports hernia that sidelined him down the stretch and probably affected him more than anyone was letting on the procedure has an eight week recovery. So he'll be healthy before spring training. If there's spring training, because the CBA expires, there might be some tension between the players and the owners. So, you know, let's keep our fingers crossed that the season actually starts on time, but I don't know after what happened last year, with the COVID stuff and the owners and the players going back and forth on how many games they wanted to play. And it was kind of contentious then. And it scares me that the CBA expires. Uh, Jamison Tyone is scheduled to have surgery this month. He's going to repair that. Well, he's not going to, the doctor is uh, repair the torn tendon in his right ankle that derailed the last part of his first season with the Yankees. And that was a bummer because he was really getting going He had a couple of missteps, but I think it was really just him hitting the wall because he was coming back from Tommy John surgery. It was his first full season. And then the ankle injury happened. So that was a bit of a bummer. Aaron Hicks, who's been out since May because of the torn tendon sheath in his left wrist, should be healthy by next month. And he could play winter ball. Luke Voigt uh, does not need another surgery. Darren O'Day, do you remember Darren O'Day? He pitched for the Yankees this season. He's expected to be ready for opening day. He had uh, surgery on his left hamstring. He really hurt his leg. Um, He is a player option, so he might be back next season. That was a bummer. I was kind of excited about Darren O'Day and his funky delivery being on the Yankees, and then he got hurt and we never saw him again. Clint Frazier, uh, Brian Cashman mentioned him yesterday, saying that Frazier is in contact with the medical staff. It's a weekly basis thing. Like He checks in, lets them know what's going on. And they're really trying to figure out with Frazier's doctors why the dizziness and fogginess that he's been experiencing has been going on for so long. And Frazier's been at home in Atlanta um, since leaving the Yankees uh, minor league facility in Tampa. He was down there trying to come back from this. And, you know, concussion symptoms are scary enough, but the fact that he's still feeling stuff this long after that, concussion is really scary and head injuries are you know a frightening thing and when they don't heal correctly you know having dizziness and fogginess all the time is not fun um I have vertigo and when you're in an episode of vertigo and it just doesn't go away it's it's really bad I'm not saying he has vertigo but I know what it's like to feel dizzy and feel out of it and it is not fun at all and I really hope they figure out what's wrong with this kid I really hope that his career doesn't end because of this that would be really sad um you know I've mentioned it many times on this podcast I've been doing it for three years I love his bat speed and when he's good he's good and he showed it last year and I just really wish for good things for Clint Frazier let's all do that so let's discuss first we'll discuss the NLCS okay so the Dodgers found themselves in quite a pickle. Down 0-2 after two walk-offs in Atlanta, they found themselves down 5-2 in the late innings at home to Atlanta. Atlanta was staring at a 3-0 lead and hoping they would get it. And then Cody Bellinger, who did not have a good regular season, steps up and ties the game. Not only that, the pitch that he hit, he had no business hitting that pitch. Luke Jackson did not throw a bad pitch. Now, if you didn't watch the game, Cody Bellinger swung at a pitch. I would say it was shoulder height. So it was actually a really good pitch by Luke Jackson. Most guys would have swung through it and struck out or, you know, had a strike. And Bellinger hit it for a three-run home run. Reporters asked Jackson after the game if he would throw that pitch again. He goes, every time. (laughs) And I agree with him. Who hits that pitch? No one hits that pitch. It's like a one in a thousand, you know, chance that someone would actually hit that pitch way. Well, all right. It's not like he hit it up here, but yeah, that was, that was amazing. And the Dodgers needed it because, you know, only the Yankees uh, allow teams to come back after being down. 0-3 in a series to win. Anyway. <laughs> so that was exciting for the Dodgers, not exciting for the Braves. So now it's two, one heading into game four, um, the, ALCS had some controversy last night, but I'll talk about that in segment three, because let's talk about the fact that the playoffs have been a bit of a slog. Games are long, too many pitching changes, too many bullpen games. You know, starters aren't lasting long you know, four innings, five innings, starters aren't even starting again, bullpen games, they have openers instead. And then the starter will come in in the second inning or whenever the hell they come in. Um, You know, the game, the majority of the games have been nine inning games. A bunch of them have been over four hours. And most of them are over three and a half hours. Rob Manfred must be twitching in his office because of all these changes that they tried to make, to make the pace of play better and make it not be bad to watch baseball or boring to watch baseball and sit there and think to yourself, oh my God, this game has been on for three hours. It's the longest thing ever. And that's what it feels like in the playoffs. These playoffs are not going to attract new fans. People are going to want to turn the game off because you have pitching. You know, even the three batter minimum thing isn't working because they're still – making too many pitching changes. Like I said, they have all those bullpen games. So you see like six or seven guys pitching in every game. The starters don't last. It's just, it's, it's not good. And no one's going to want to watch it. I mean, I don't know how the ratings are. I really don't. Um, I haven't really watched either league championship. Um, I watched most of game one between Atlanta and the Dodgers, but I just, it felt so long and I just thought, I don't want to sit through this. And I didn't feel like I wanted to watch anything else. I definitely am not watching Boston and the Astros because I would, honestly, I'd rather watch a colonoscopy at this point. Um, But there's just a lot of problems. The games are slow. The umpires are terrible. And we'll get into that in seg- more in segment three, because that is a big part of why last night's game in Boston was controversial. People were joking about how bad the umpiring crews were when they announced them as the playoffs were starting, but these guys are living up to their reputations and just, you can't be bad like that on a national stage. You just can't. And the umpires are just atrocious. It's so bad. And it's beyond the TV broadcasts having the square, they're just proving that they're not good. And it's, it's really, it's not great. People are actually wanting robots now. <laughs> not actual robots. That would be really cool. If they could put actual robots behind the plate, that'd be great. But I think they're thinking more of the, um, like the system they have in tennis. They have to do something. It is just, it's bad. You can't have umpiring this bad during the playoffs. You can't have games this slow during the playoffs. No one's going to want to watch baseball next season. No n- new fans are going to want to watch baseball next season. It's just too much. So did you know that Built Bar has so many delish- delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. I am passionate about Mint Brownie. Jason Burke of Locked on A's loves Cherry Barcia. And Bryce Patrick also likes... Mint Brownie, Bryce of Locked On Rangers, the Texas version. The other flavors you need to know about, coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you haven't tried all nine flavors, you can get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. There are also specialty flavors that come out. And if you are a built Bar customer... You will get emails to let you know when those flavors come out. And a lot of them are really good. Built Bars are not only the best tasting protein bars, but they're healthy too. They're high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, and they're just good for you. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty cool. Go to built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, I suggest getting the mixed box. You get the mixed box, try all the flavors, figure out what you like, and then just order everything over and over and over again. Like I do again, use our promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, how much do you want to bet that there's going to be something crazy happening in this afternoon's because the Astros, uh, Red Sox game starts in about an hour that there's something crazy going on in that game. Well, speaking of betting, bet online is back and better than ever a new web interface to start the basketball season, which starts this week and more props, odds and lines more than ever. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So let's discuss last night. Okay. So, as I said, when the umpiring assignments came out for the playoffs, people were up in arms. You know, people like Angel Hernandez got prime spots, Joe West. Laz Diaz, uh, I believe C.B. Buckner. Have we seen C.B. Buckner? I hope they're not saving him for the World Series. Dear God. Anyway, Laz <laughs> um, Diaz, he had some issues in Tuesday night's game in Boston. Now, I will say there was an egregiously bad strike call on J.D. Martinez that happened. It was, ugh, the ball was like five inches off the plate. Okay, so I'll give them that. But I think because Laz Diaz's strike zone was so bad all night that when the Astros were up in the ninth inning, he missed a borderline pitch. Now, looking at it, you would think it would be called a strike, but it could have gone either way. But like I said, he had a rough time behind the plate all night. And the fact that he missed that pitch And then the Astros ended up with, it was two outs and two strikes, and he didn't call strike three on that ball. And then the Astros went on to score seven runs. So everyone in Boston, you know, if you didn't know that happened last night, I'm sure you heard them whining overnight. If you heard some sort of noise while you were in your bed, it was all of Boston whining about this. I understand because if it were the Yankees, I would have been bitching too. But because it wasn't the Yankees, I think it's the funniest thing ever. Um, (laughs) And, you know, the Red Sox had a chance to go up 3-1 in the series. So, wait, 3-1, right? Yeah, because game five is tonight. I can math. Yay. Okay, anyway. And yes, it was tied 2-2 going into the bottom of the ninth, but we all know how things go in Fenway. So if the Astros hadn't scored if the Astros were called uh, that strike three was called against the Astros and the Red Sox came up, you know, for damn sure the Red Sox would have walked off, but they did not. And the Astros basically buried them. There was no way they were going to score seven runs. I mean, I know I like to joke about the Red Sox cheating in Fenway and, you know, uh, if they had scored like four or five runs in the bottom of the ninth, I would have thought something was up, but they didn't. They went down pretty quietly in the bottom of the ninth, but I get being upset about Laz Diaz's missed call, but it wasn't as egregious as that one call against J.D. Martinez. But someone put the heat map up. He missed a lot of calls. He missed a lot. It was bad. And I don't understand how guys like that, guys like, well, Joe West, okay, he got the wildcard assignment because he's retiring after this year. So I understand that. But guys like Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez shouldn't even be an ump after the 2018 division series. Remember that? We got like, how many calls did he get wrong at first base during that one game? (sighs) So I don't understand the evaluation process. I don't understand how they choose these guys. Because someone put a chart up when they put the assignments out for the division series and the LCSs. And someone said that the majority of umps in those series were rated like at the bottom. Like, (laughs) why? Why would you put people like that on the national stage for them to screw up and make things controversial? Do you think that's going to bring people into baseball and make them watch? No, no one's watching for the umpires. They're watching for the teams. I just, I don't understand. Someone needs to explain this to me. I understand it's a union. They can't fire these guys, but something needs to be done. They can't have guys like Laz Diaz behind the plate during an LCS game, during a pivotal LCS game. Because there's a big difference between three and one and two and two because the Astros still have a good chance of, even if they lose tonight, they go back home and have those two games that they can win at home against Boston. They go down three, one. That's a big swing. It really is. Even though it's only a one game difference, the difference between two, two and three, one is big. Just like the difference between three, Oh, and two, one is big, which is why the Cody Bellinger home run was such a big deal. And then the Dodgers went on to win six, five. So, As boring as the games have been just because of how bad the pitching decisions have been. By the way, Nathan Ivaldi was pitching when all that (laughs) stuff happened last night. Um, Let's go through that because it was unorthodox. Yeah, He got the loss last night and his ERA is now 1050 in the LCS because of that inning. Or not even an inning. It was two-thirds of an inning. He gave up four runs on two hits with two walks, two strikeouts. And then Martin Perez... Yes, Martin Perez came in, gave up three more runs. Two of them were earned. In a third of an inning. So, yeah, it was bad for Boston. But right now, his ERA is nine. Nine. Evaldi's is 10.50 because these guys are putting their starters in. (laughs) The pitching decisions are just mind-boggling to me. I'm not one of those. I mean, okay. I grew up in the 80s. So, you know, I watched guys pitch until their arms came off. You know, it wasn't that surprising when someone threw 120 pitches. Now it's shocking if someone goes over 100. And I don't mind quirky pitching decisions, but not every game. What is going on? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. It's not making the games fun. It really isn't. So I don't know who's telling the managers to do this stuff, but it needs to stop. It just, it's not good. Stop. Although, you know, I am happy that the Red Sox lost last night because if they had gone up 3-1, it would be insufferable. So at least again, 2-2 is a big difference. And this afternoon's game should be fun. Actually, Let's see who's um who's going to be behind the plate because um let's see who was the first base ump last night Jim Wolf. All right, Jim Wolf isn't terrible, but he is a well-known umpire and you know, if you know an umpire's name, it's usually not for a good reason, so yeah. And after that in Houston, Alan Porter will be behind the plate and then David Rackley. So Alan Porter isn't that great either. Oh, good luck with that, guys. Hmm. So anyway, Brian Cashman thinks the Yankee fans are brats. I kind of agree, but I'm one of those bratty people who thinks that he should spend more money and Hal should allow him to spend more money. So yeah, then the Dodgers have made it a series again. There was controversy in Boston. And yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? If you have crappy umpires in the LCS game, crappy things are going to happen to your team. What can you do? So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch us on YouTube and subscribe and like and comment and do all that good stuff. You can get into your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Now you can make your second listen Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present, and it's free and available on all platforms. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate this podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. So enjoy your Wednesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.